Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Sarah. Welcome to An Amateur's Take, where we're two people that have no authority to educate you on a subject, but we do it anyway. Today, Sarah's going to be talking to you about the Dyatlov Pass incident. I think I said it right. I don't know. Yeah, I think you did too. Sick! <clears throat> diet. It looks like it would just be like Dyatlov if you just if you, if you write it in English. Yeah. Which is, I know is wrong, but... Yes. This is a good old re-recording because audio technicalities. Yep. Um, so Megan is going to really get some good info about the Olive Pass ingrained into her brain. However, I do have some new theories that she hasn't heard before, so. So it'll be fine. So it'll be good. Um, yeah. And yeah, so like I mentioned last week, just kind of in summary... It is an incident where nine hikers died in the northern Earl Mountains between February 1st and 2nd of February 1959. And all nine of the hikers died in very unusual circumstances. Dun, dun, dun. Megan was the one that showed me this incident like a couple years ago. She like texted me about it and was like, oh my God, this is crazy. As, as you do, as you send me. I mean, you know, you frequently send me mystery cases that are i'm the one yeah wild i work from home i'm an illustrator so all i do is just sit and listen to like true crime podcasts and most mm-hmm. of the time i just text sarah like half of a pot like half like oh my god did you hear about this it's yeah. always a no the thing about this incident though is that it's like so unsolved and there no one knows anything about it so it's really creepy and it low-key kind of reminds me of kennedy yeah. yeah Did you know how like, everyone has a theory about Kennedy? Everyone has a theory about this. It's like that. I know. And every theory's different. Ooh. Also, we love all the Russian names you're about to try and pronounce. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> Sarah has a friend from high school. Her name's Irene. And she speaks Russian. So I was like, we should just have Irene say all the Russian names and just dub it in. <laughs> I know. It's a good idea. I might try to get her to do that. Maybe I'll text her later. Do I it. should. Have her do it from London. I know. Or- she lives in London, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. around the world collaborative podcast. I love it. I love it. Yes. So for background, the group of hikers was formed in 1959 by Igor Dyatlov. And as Megan and I have talked about, many people, including us, thought that this was named after like the mountain or something, but it was named after the man who congregated all of the hikers in the first place he's like the group leader you know he he was the um is there like an official term for like that in hiking where it's like you know i don't think there is but i was just wondering (laughs) maybe it's like expedition leader i don't know that sounds official as fuck let's say that expedition yeah igor was the expedition leader i don't know there probably there probably is something for like camp rangers or something but i don't know camp rangers yeah. Um, so he gathered all these people, and most of them were students at the uni- at the university that he went to. Yeah, the group consisted of eight men and two women, all of whom were experienced grade two hikers, and upon their return would receive grade three certification. So this was the highest grade certification available at this time in the Soviet Union. And this required them to traverse 300 kilometers, 186 miles. And then the goal of the expedition was to reach Gora Atortin, which was a mountain that was 10 kilometers north of where the incident took place. I think that means that they weren't very far from where they're trying to go, 
right? Unless I'm mistaken by kilometers. Yeah, because 300 kilometers is 186 miles, so 10 kilometers isn't that far. It's probably only like a couple, like two or three miles, maybe. Yeah. That's I didn't sad. even think about that. That's true. I didn't think about that either. I was like, oh, they were like close to where they were trying to go. Like they didn't veer very far off course. No. So, um, on January 28th, one of the members um, of the group, he suffered from health ailments and he turned back due to knee and joint pain. So that left nine hikers remaining to continue on. Imagine being that guy right now. I mean, I don't, how long, this is in like, what, the 60s? So they're probably like, act. he's probably dead, but. Probably, because they were all like, probably in like their early 20s. So, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. They began their trek. And there's journal entries that they found for like the whole way. And there's lots of very mysterious journal entries that I think they knew something was about to happen. It's very weird. Some of the journal entries, I have one example and it's this woman. She wrote, I wonder what awaits us on this trip, what we will encounter. And that's vague. Sure, but that just sounds like really morbid to me. I don't know. Yeah, that is ominous. Yeah, no, that's definitely ominous. I would never go on a vacation with my friends or even like a hike and be like, I wonder what's going to happen to us. Yeah. Everyone would like, be like, what the fuck? Like, are you, are we going to die? I hope I or- know. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> like, I hope I know what's going to happen to me on this. Like, I hope I have a game plan at least. Right. Like, I'm, I'm like, like, we know, know. what's going to happen. We're going to, we're going to hike. But this girl's like, what awaits us? So I'm like, oh she God. been known. Okay. She, she knew it was up. <laughs> she was in on it. It's all a conspiracy. Right? She actually was mad at Dietlov and then she just murdered them all. That's a new one. Although probably not. I'm sure that people, I mean, lots of people think that they murdered each other. Yeah. I heard. So I listened to one podcast, which is called Morbid it's amazing it's my favorite but there's one where like so elena one of the girls went on a deep dive into this and she found like some like ridiculous like a stupid theory on reddit that had barely any like substance but apparently like Dietlov used to date one of the girls in like the group and now she was dating someone else in the group and then someone on reddit was like oh well he freaked out and murdered them and he planned this whole thing to be able to murder them and i was like that's a lot of extra people to murder to murder like your ex-girlfriend and her current lover i'm just saying like yeah you- that sounds like too much effort Ex- yeah but i'm like people on reddit have so much time to think about these things they do they really do so on january 31st the group arrived and started hiking climbing hiking both um and then the following day the hikers began to move through the pass they planned to make it through the pass and make camp on the opposite side however the weather got worse and worse and they lost their direction and deviated west once they had realized their mistake they stopped and set up their camp on the slope of a mountain as opposed to moving 1.5 kilometers downhill toward a forested area that would provide a lot more shelter which, as we have talked about, we were like, why would anybody camp on a slope? Because, especially on, yeah. like, a mountain, because avalanches, weather... And they're experienced, too, so it doesn't make any sense to me why people that were experienced wouldn't be like, well, we need solid ground to, like, well, we need level ground, at least. Because, like, even me, someone who only goes camping, like, here and there knows, and, like, at music festivals knows that you want to camp, like, on as flat as ground as you can find, and you want to, like, clear things off, like... I don't know. I just can't figure out why. Exactly. That, that's another. That's that's another thing that people are very confused about, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Why would these very disciplined hikers camp on a slope?" It doesn't make any sense. So, um, yes. Before the group left for the expedition, Diatlov agreed that he would send a telegraph to their sports club. 
when they returned. I don't, I don't know what a sports club is. I think that's just like a gym or maybe like a... Yeah. Maybe it's just like where they all train together. True. Yeah. Okay. So there was no... They were expected to return no later than February 12th. And on February 20th, the families of the hikers demanded rescue operations. That'd be so scary to be like their parents and be like, well, they just went on a hike and now they're not back. Maybe they're just frozen in the tundra of the Soviet Union. Yeah, dude, maybe it's just me being from Colorado, but I know like three or four families who um, either a loved one of theirs has died hiking, like never Mm -hmm. returned, or they like rescue had to come and help them because they got like lost or yeah that's a very colorado thing i think yeah i don't know anyone that that's happened to except for i know people that's families were in like that thai tsunami a couple years in like the what was it 2008 that's crazy tsunamis are so scary oh my god no i think all of them except for one of the people that went on the trip with like that family died oh yeah i imagine tsunamis are no joke So, um, on February 26th, the searchers found the campsite, and the tent was half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty, and all of the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. And they also found that the tent had been cut open from the inside. That's so spooky to me. Because that means that they were so scared that they couldn't, or something was so, like, wrong, they couldn't comprehend how to open, or they weren't able to open their tents. Yeah. Ugh, spooky. And then they found nine footprints, um, and they were footprints of people who were either wearing socks or one shoe, or even more likely, they were barefoot. Which, again, this is a snowy mountain, so. Yeah, and like the Soviet Union, I can't imagine it was like, they, oh, that would suck. And that probably points to like them being like, that points to them having rushed out of their tents, I think. Because if you had time, you'd put shoes on. Yeah. So they followed the footprints down to a nearby wooded area on the opposite side of the pass. And at this edge, they found the remnants of a small fire. And the first two bodies were next to the fire. Those of... You got this. Doroshenko and Krivonyshenko. Similar names, different people. Yeah, and they were shoeless and they were only dressed in their underwear. Those are two of the men that they found. The first two men that they found. See, I was going to ask. Or I, I, don't, I can't tell by their names. I was like, do we know? I know that the first two bodies found were two men. Okay. I'm 99% sure, I think. Because the, the women were in the, the trench, I think. Anyway. Oh, okay. The branches on the tree nearby were broken up to five meters high, which um, suggests that one of the hikers had climbed up the tree to look for something. See, me, I, like, I heard... Like, look, like, look for well, what? Well, like, I, I was thinking, can- well, maybe, like, for some reason they got disoriented. See, I've heard theories that, like, they've got disoriented. They all, like, ran in different directions. And then because they didn't know where they were, one of them, like, climbed up to try and figure out, like, where they were amongst the trees, maybe. That's something I can think of. Unless they were trying to go, go up to get away from something, too. Like, those are two options. Like, right. they were climbing to get away from something on the ground, or they were using the height to be able to look for something. Or, like, directions, maybe. Yeah. Because if they were True. off course and they were trying... You said they were off course by, like, what, three kilometers? Maybe he was trying to use it to, like, gauge where the mountain was and, like, how close they were, like, where they were going. Yeah, especially if it was, like, really snowy and the weather was really bad. They mm-hmm. probably couldn't see from the ground level, like, even their yeah. directions. Yeah, exactly. True. I didn't even think about that. So, um, those were the first two bodies. Then they found three more bodies close to the tree. 
Dyatlov, Kolmogorova, and Slobodin. Mm-hmm. And all three were in poses that suggest that they were attempting to get back to the tent. What is that? What does that mean? I, I don't know. Now that I'm reading that out loud, I don't even know what that means. So like they were like moving in like, like they're moving like toward, like they were like facing like back towards the tent maybe? Like, I guess so. I, hmm. I don't know. Okay. That's the only thing I can think that that meant is that their yeah. bodies were physically like facing. facing, like their heads towards like... Yeah, they were like reaching. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, what I don't does know. that mean? <laughs> I don't. Ugh. That's like freaks. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So then the other four bodies were not found for two months. They were found on May 4th under four meters of snow. That's so much snow. Three of the four were dressed in clothes, and there were signs that the one. Wait, sorry. Three of the four were dressed in more clothes. Okay, because the other two bodies were, like, completely naked. Yeah, so the... And then there were yeah, signs that those took, who like, died first had their clothes relinquished to others, so they, like, took turns wearing the clothes, which is wild. I mean, that's how you stay warm. Like, that's how to live. Uh, like Titanic? Mm-hmm. If only, right? Got Come it. Come on, we could, we could, could have done they, that better. Okay, first of all, they've done so many things. No, they've done so many things that show they both could have physically fit on that board. Like, there's so many different, like, I think there was a Mythbusters episode about it where they, like, well, they, based on, like, what it is, like, they could have both fit. She just was like, nah. Rose <laughs> is selfish. She's selfish, bitch. True. <laughs> she let Leo die. It's okay. And then she let go of his hand and he sunk to the bottom of the Atlantic, which is, she said, I'll never let go. And then bitch let go. Just saying. Now he's in the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. I know. (sighs) So, um, yes. Where was I? Yeah, so three of the hikers that were found in the gorge had fatal injuries. One of them had skull damage, and the other two had major chest fractures. And according to the investigators, the force required to cause such damage would have had to be extremely high, comparable to a car crash. Mm-hmm. Like something hit them. I mean, these like- details could be supported by the avalanche theory, I guess. But there's also lots mm-hmm. of things that make the avalanche theory not likely, which I will get into. But the okay. bodies had no external wounds. Which is weird. This suggests that they had been subjected to such a high level of pressure. So, like, they didn't have any outward signs that they were, like, hit with something, like, no bruising or whatever, but, like, their internal organs were, like, fucked. Like, they got mm-hmm. hit by something. Okay. Yeah. And that girl was missing her tongue. Like, that all one, this shit, I truly you know? think that the tongue and the eyes things, I think that those were animals. Like, I can, and, or that they, those are parts of your body that decay first. Because, like, think about it. Your eyeballs are made out of something, like, squishy that would just melt away i assume and then like your tongue if i don't know i feel like and it never said it was cut out which it just said it was missing which makes me think that something like just came and ate it yeah i agree one of the women was missing her tongue the other was missing a part of her lips as well as facial tissue other two bodies were missing one of his eyeballs and the other one his eyebrow so i think you're right i think that it was either those things decayed first or an animal ate them because this is the wild or it just simply i don't know yeah i don't think those have to do anything with like the conspiracy Mm -hmm. you know i think those are just like some natural decomp things that happen to bodies when they're out in the woods yeah as we know there's a lot of speculation a lot of conspiracies about how the hikers died as well as how the camp was found just in its weird 
details of the way it was found with like the fire, the tree, the tent cut from the inside, all that, the missing clothes. So, um, Mm -hmm. yes, um, this, I don't know. I just find this whole thing now that I was reading about it again for a second time, like I was just like weirded out because every, I was reading this article about how just how disciplined you have to be to even be a grade two hiker they were That's they were saying. really good hikers and they wouldn't be phased by weather conditions they probably wouldn't get lost i mean they did get lost but like it just there's so many different things that they encounter that even if they seeing that they did encounter you would yeah. have to be prepared for something like that to even be a grade two hiker which is what they already were so like they were some of the most disciplined hikers in the Soviet Union at that time. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't like drunk teenagers going on a hike, you know? It's so weird. College kids, yeah. No, yeah. Because I've seen stories where apparently like some people saw something about shrooms. I don't remember if they found shrooms on them. They saw something about them in journal entries, but there was something about them like going up there and then taking psilocybin mushrooms and then all of them having weird reactions to them. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense, though. They're not like college kids going out to the woods to get fucked up like at a campsite. Like this isn't like, yeah, this was a specific hike to get this certification like they prepared exactly. for it for a long time. So imagine they took it seriously. Right. So, like, so also that that kind of plays into my like why I don't know if I believe the hysteria thing because like if you're level two I feel like you have a level of like a level headedness mm-hmm. or like in certain situations you're prepared because you've been through this so many times to right be able to or be that level or even if you haven't been through it you know what you have to do because yeah you, you've been given the tools and knowledge to like be prepared for all things that may come your way. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. It's just so weird. Especially since yeah, all of them were, and they all had each other. Even if one person is going to freak out, yeah. other people can like take the leadership role, you know? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. If it was like two people, like, I understand that, but there was nine of them, and all of them were grade two hikers. Yeah. So, And I feel like the majority of stories where people like go missing hiking or something, they go alone, or they go with one other person. Like, there's, it's not a large group of like experienced, like, you know, well-rounded hikers. Because mm-hmm. like, think about all the different levels and different expertise those people must have had in that group, you know? No matter, like, what part of level two you were, like, maybe some people were better at certain things than other people, and everyone had, like, maybe, like, this person was a little more advanced than, like, this level two. So, like... Right, like, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, but I think that it would require... I'm guessing that it required a very large force of something to take all of them out, like how it did, because, you know what I mean? I don't think it was something just, like... It had to have been something that they wouldn't have been... wouldn't have, like, been used or been able to, like, have encountered before. Or, like, because it has to be something weird. Like, that's the only thing, is it has to be something you couldn't have been prepared to encounter. Exactly. So, um, yes. And then when I was looking at a lot of other different articles about it, People were saying that when you experience hypothermia, you often feel very hot and then take your clothes off in a final stroke of desperation, which some people think would explain the lack of clothing on some of the victims because it was negative Mm -hmm. 25 to 30 degrees Celsius um, Mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah, so a lot of people thought the avalanche, that they got hit by an avalanche, but there was no evidence of an avalanche. And also they did an analysis of the terrain Mm -hmm. and it shows that even if there had been an avalanche, the path it would have gone, it wouldn't have 
gone down to where it hit them. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have collapsed from the side, but not in a horizontal direction. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would analyze something like that. That's pretty cool, but I don't know. Dude, science and shit? like mm. Science. <laughs> so, um, have you heard of the catabatic wind theory? Okay, I heard, like, so I listened to My Favorite Murder, where Karen talked about this, and she mm-hmm. talked about that wind, but she didn't understand it, so she just, like, did a very brief, like, it's crazy yeah. weird wind, and I'm like, okay, Karen. I mean, I don't really understand it either, but basically, um, this is another one of the more popular theories that people have, and... The term katabatic derives from the Greek term katabasis, mm-hmm. which sounds like calabasis. In I know, California, it was like the Cal- but I was like the Kardashians. <laughs> I'm like, so the Kardashians are responsible for this murder. Okay, I mean they're responsible for everything. To be honest, it's wrong with our planet. <laughs> Let's a, be real. Th- I'm gonna I'm gonna run with that theory that the Kardashians mm-hmm. did this. They did everything wrong. They also did the Holocaust <laughs> in 9/11. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> Conspiracy theories are Kylie did 9-11. Sorry. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Rise and shine. Catabatic wind is also referred to sometimes as fall wind. Okay. This type of wind can appear when cold air over a glacier starts to flow down a gradient, which is just a slope. Okay. That's what that means. And catabatic wind can occur when cold air atop a higher point begins to flow downhill, displacing warmer air below. Okay. Which, and if the lower elevations are significantly warmer, the stronger the wind. Okay, so it's just like really strong wind that was once cold. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And this phenomenon usually appears late at night when the temperature drops. I should also note that in the Dilatov journal entries that were later found shortly before the incident, there was a note about a warm wind similar to a jet engine. Oh, so like the wind. He wrote about it. Yeah. Being so, and comparable like, to a jet engine. And that's like goes with the weird wind there thing, right? Because mm-hmm. like, okay, it moved the hot air out of the way. Okay. Yeah, and so if this in fact did take place, the tent that the hikers used mm-hmm. wouldn't ha- it wouldn't have been built for such a strong wind, and it would dismantle. Mm-hmm. However, if they had put it underneath a trench of snow, it would it could perhaps be saved. So this could possibly explain why the tent was located with a protective snow layer on top. Oh. Uh... Yeah, but also how would those how would they know to do that? Like that's my thing. Is like also if the wind was so hard, like if the wind was so insane, how would they be able to do that? Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if they'd physically be able to like fight their wind like that to be able to shovel Wouldn't the snow just blow off the top of it if you're trying to if it's if it is in yeah. fact if if the if the wind is strong enough to dismantle your tent, how are you gonna physically put snow on uh, that yeah, that sounds difficult. Yeah, I don't know how that one's going to work, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people believe that one. Um, and then the uh, black magic of the indigenous people. This is a good old racist theory that yeah. was like originally the most popular one. Like right when when this was in the press in like the 60s, when all of this came out in the first place, mm-hmm. people, people thought that the indigenous people of that mountain um like murdered them because they thought that they had desecrated the sacred mountain but nope that was not that was proven false almost immediately so 
It's like when people, like, back in, like, the Old West would used to blame, like, Native Americans for, like, attacking, like, covered wagons when it was really just, like, white men dressing up as Native Americans to then attack wagons. Like, I don't know if I believe that one. So, um, then the extraterrestrial contact theory. There was a photo uncovered referred to as photo number 34, and it was initially discarded due to its low quality. However, believers of this theory think that this was a mistake, as this photo is the only way we can uncover the truth of this incident. Mm. This phenomenon is called a fireball, and they saw a fireball in the sky, similar to a lunar disk, but it wasn't the moon. The fireball was bigger in diameter. It departed from the crossing and floated away from us. We did not observe bright glowing, and then it just disappeared over the horizon. We were all perplexed. Aliens. Very well could be. Aliens. And then... um, so yeah, many believers of this theory think that the accounts of these fireballs were intentionally underreported because of the investigator's inability to explain them due to a UFO conspiracy. Aliens. And many people think that these fireballs could have caused the hikers' deaths by emitting a beam of unspecified energy towards them. Mm. Aliens. Yeah, I totally, like, freaks I don't know if aliens killed them, but maybe, like, they saw the aliens, like, whoa, what is I that? I was just about to say, I don't think that aliens will kill us. And then, then they got fucked up. You know, like, yeah, I think they, they like, saw it, ran away, were like, whoa, aliens, what is that? Freaked out. And they had a heart attack. Ran away, and then, like, no, then just got lost in the woods somehow. Like. True. Yeah. I think that it was a combination. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that the aliens killed them. I think that they saw aliens, were like, whoa, what is that? Followed it, then got lost, and then that guy was like, shit. So he tried to figure out where they were. True. Yeah. Because it was dark, I bet. And it's hard to navigate things when it's dark and freezing and you don't have shoes on. <laughs> Naturally. It's not yeah. It's not an ideal situation to be no. in. No. <laughs> they got too pumped about the aliens. And we're like, like, dude. <laughs> I know. Ah, Diablo, let's go. They were like, fuck this certification, bitch. Let's just like run with the aliens. Let's go with the aliens. <laughs> yeah. Let's go home. I mean, I would. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like, are you joking? Of course I will go with them. Oh, for, I don't, Okay. Oh my god, no, because, like, what if it's, like, terrifying and they just want to do experiments on you? It's, like, the, it's like that whole thing where it's, like, the pot, like, going could be amazing, but it also could be horrible because it's completely unknown and there's no mm-hmm. way to turn around. True. <laughs> there's no going back from that. No. Um, and then, finally, the theory that I will talk about is the Arctic hysteria theory. This theory supports the idea that the hikers started experiencing some sort of hysteria which may have caused some of their behaviors, such as disorientation, loss of track of time, not feeling cold. And this theory is also linked to a hypothesis by Donnie Icar. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called Dead Mountain, which is about the incident itself. And they noted in their journals they started to not feel well, and they were feeling a bunch of different symptoms. Mm-hmm. According to Icar's theory, the infrasound generated by the wind as it passed over the top of the Holotakal Mountain was responsible for causing physical discomfort and mental distress in the hikers. Igar claims that because of their panic, the hikers were driven to leave the tent by whatever means necessary, and they fled down the slope. The traumatic injuries suffered by three of the victims were the result of their stumbling over the ledge of a ravine in the darkness and landing on the rocks at the bottom. Interesting. Also, I, I've heard stories of people being in different situations of, like, being stranded. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I've heard of people like who are like lost in the mountains or like lost at sea, anything like that, where you start to experience hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Once you realize that you're like completely lost. Cause your mind just doesn't know what to do with that. Yeah. So you start seeing things like you, you start to see yeah. things that aren't real. You start to, a lot of the symptoms that I just named. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like that usually happens when you're by yourself or with one other person. Yeah. And also they, they had a lot of food and water in their um, autopsies. They had found that they had eaten about six hours before they all died. Yeah, that's just Which weird. is interesting. So like, they were very, again, they were so well prepared. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. I don't think, I, I don't think hysteria is what happened. I think it could be a combination of a couple of things. Maybe later maybe on something, when they got split up. Like, maybe something happened that's bigger than anything that we know or understand. And then after that, it kind of led to hysteria mm-hmm. within the hikers. And then maybe a part of that was um, hypothermia. So they all stripped down to their bums. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that something woke them up in the middle of the night is like the only explanation as to why they like left so suddenly would cut themselves out of their tent and not be wearing like proper like attire to be out in the woods and in the middle of the night, like no shoes and shit. Like I think something Mm -hmm. woke them up, startled them so much that they like ran and then they got disoriented maybe some of them got hurt and then the fact that some of them got hurt from like tripping and like you know over shit because they were on a slope in the middle of the night maybe like the shock of like seeing some of your friends get hurt being kind of disoriented lost in the dark having been woken up by something startling and then like just being like you know just kind of disoriented from just like being awoken from sleep that maybe that all like all those factors contributed to it because maybe like I don't know. It just like it just makes you think that something scared them enough to make them feel that they had to leave their tents that right then. Like that's all I can think of. Mm-hmm. But aren't like the footsteps not like they were like rushing? They were just like walking through the snow. Walking. That's what I, that yeah. doesn't make sense though. Like why'd you cut yourself out of your tent right. and then walk? Like yeah, with no shoes on. Exactly. Yeah. So also, I when I was looking at YouTube videos about all of this, um, some hikers last year did the hike Mm -hmm. they which is creepy i didn't actually see the video but they were like we're doing the olive pass people do it there's like a whole youtube doc about them doing it kind of i think in search of like answers information answers so well the thing is is about well apparently like i heard that like the actual pass like it wasn't like this crazy hard like super intense pass like people had done that route before like people had gone on that trek before yeah and, like, nothing happened to them, which is why it was another big mystery, because it's, it's like, a, apparently it was, like, a well-known, like, trek. It was hard, but it was, like, right. still, like, Right, and also like, now known. that, c- considering that in the 60s, if they had completed it, they would get grade three certification. At this point, we probably have more... Like, a different... Re- like, yeah, we have, like, better gear and resources so that people with less actual experience could potentially Mm -hmm. do the hike with people who were more experienced like you know how like people like climb everest with like guides and shit yeah it's mad fake most of the time and then it just like makes it so people that like have dedicated their lives to being like i'm gonna climb everest and have like done all these different treks and hikes and like now it makes it like less cool and like less special for them because now it's just a bunch of tourists like trying to take a photo exactly yeah, it's all for the clout. Literally. And I feel bad for people that spend, like, their lives. Like, there are people that will, like, go hiking and, like, all this kind of shit just prepare to go do Everest. 
and then they get there and it's just a bunch of fucking amateurs with like okay i need this for instagram like right yeah exactly <sighs> cool well that's diatlov pass um Woo! a mystery is that your mystery music yes i love that Yes, next week, Megan is finishing part two of Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer. And I will leave you guys with just two words about Ed oh, Kemper. Oh, yes. I forgot about this. <laughs> Skull fucking. <laughs> if you know, you know. Anyway, see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.